Over the last 50 years or so, we've really been taught that we need to be afraid of the sun, that we should wear sunglasses or we should wear sunscreen even indoors all the time. But what if this information was actually costing us our health? And what's the middle ground between too much sun exposure and safe sun exposure? Stay tuned to this episode to find out more. Welcome back. My name is Sarah. This is the Sarah Kleiner Wellness YouTube channel, and I am also broadcasting this on the Evolving Wellness podcast. This is actually a live stream I did over on Instagram on Wednesday, March the 22nd, and I thought it was such a good chat that I really wanted to broadcast it to these audiences as well. I think this information is so super important, especially as many of us here in the Northern Hemisphere begin to roll into these warmer months and summer where we have that high UVB index where the skin is more likely to burn and there is a middle ground so there's some people that are just terrified of the sun and they say we should never go in it and always wear sunglasses always wear sunscreen I'm gonna address that and how that could actually be costing you your health and making you miss out on a lot of really wonderful health benefits and then I'm also gonna talk about the people who say the Sun doesn't cause cancer it's not dangerous at all we're gonna talk Talk about some middle ground here of how to expose your body your eyes and your skin to the sun in a safe manner so there's so much in this episode i'm so excited for you to listen to it i did want to mention a couple of quick things if you want a more organized way of listening to this information in the form of a course with downloads, with information. I would check out my Harnessing the Power of the Sun course, which I'm gonna link in the information section. And if you want to understand how to use light to increase your mitochondrial function, as well as improve your overall health, my 21 Day Leptin Reset is a fantastic program that's gonna walk you through 21 days of lifestyle changes to help you improve your mitochondrial function as well as your tolerance to sunlight, believe it or not. My quantum nutrition program also does the exact same thing, but we look at things strategically through the eyes of nutrition and sunlight. You can save on any of those three courses I just mentioned by using the code podcast to save. All of that's gonna be linked down in the show notes and I'm so excited for you to hear this. Without further ado, let's jump right into it. Wednesday. <laughs> I was up late last night. I was breaking some of my rules. So I'm a little tired this morning. I had a really amazing interview with actually with Veda Austin last night. So I'm really excited to put that out on the podcast in the next few weeks. Absolutely mind blowing stuff. So I apologize if I look a little bit tired today. I am because I was up late because Veda is on the other side of the world over in New Zealand. So we were recording for over two hours. Wonderful, amazing episode. So I wanted to do a quick little live stream about prepping your eyes and your skin to just get ready for summer. I know we had uh, the spring equinox the other day. I think that was Monday. So it's a really great time of year to start talking about this topic of safe sun exposure 
preparing your eyes, preparing your skin, maximizing your body's ability to absorb vitamin D so you really get those maximum health benefits in a safe way. And there's a lot of questions that I get commonly about this topic, about sunglasses and sunscreen and skin damage and all these things that I think we need to talk about in a more nuanced fashion. Because I think a lot of people just, maybe they throw things out for shock value of like, sunscreen is horrible, causes cancer. And there's a lot of people that I don't think understand the fact that, yeah, a lot of sunscreens have harmful chemicals in them, but then they take that as a message to say, well, you should never wear sunscreen and you shouldn't protect your skin from the sun and the sun is never gonna hurt you. And people don't understand how to take these topics with nuance. So I'm hoping, I'm gonna just do this quick little live stream and those of you who are watching are always uh, welcome to ask questions as I go through this. I also wanna mention, if you wanna deeper dive into this and kind of to get a guide about safe sun exposure, some downloads, links, I do have a webinar that I did called Harnessing the Power of the Sun. That is linked in my bio. Um, and you can use, good morning, you can use the code podcast to save 10% on that webinar. So if what I'm saying is interesting and you're like, I just kind of want a, a place where I can go back and refer to this information and maybe even get more information, I would check out that link in my bio called Harnessing the Power of the Sun. And then everyone listening can use the code podcast to get 10% off on that. But let's just talk about this whole prepping your skin, eyes, all of that for summer, what that looks like, because I'm obviously, uh, a Fitzpatrick, you know, like one, two. So I'm pretty fair skinned, but by the end of the summer, I get to the place where I can lay out in the sun for an hour without getting burned, without having a lot of damage done to my skin. So it's important that you start to build what's called a solar callus now, and you understand the importance of seeing sun in sequential order Hello, good to see you too. Thank you and happy late birthday. Uh, my friend Darklight79 just had a birthday. So yes, let's, let's talk about this. So first of all, what's really important and what I wanna put out a little disclaimer, this is not medical advice. None of this is medical advice, just for educational purposes only. And I do think that there, you do need to understand that sometimes you are gonna wanna protect your, your skin from the sun. I typically wear a visor or a hat if I'm gonna be out walking a lot, um, and I'll talk about why sunglasses are not really ideal or the very small instances where sunglasses are okay. But I do, when I'm laying out, I will wear a visor or a hat to protect my face from the sun because you can get sun damage on your skin. <laughs> There's a lot of people that say you can't, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. You absolutely uh, can get sun damage on your skin. And she says, my eyes wouldn't stop watering during my walk yesterday. My eyes are coming out of winter hibernation. Yeah, and when your eyes water, that's just a sign that you are sunlight, you're sensitive to sun and you, you might actually be um, a little bit of blue light toxic as well. So how you overcome that and how you really start to prep your eyes and skin for sun exposure now and then in the summer is always gonna be getting that morning light. So our eyes 
get the signal of the light to know what time of day it is and to make specific hormones in order to prep your skin for strong sunlight. So this is why I'm such a proponent of not looking at your screen first thing when you wake up because the, the signal coming from your phone is about 6,000, you know, 5,700 to 6,000 Kelvins. And when you're looking at that first thing in the morning when you wake up, you're telling your body, it is noon and it's summer solstice, please make that amount of cortisol to protect my skin from really strong UVB. <laughs> so our bodies are just so smart and amazing in how they understand nature and how they respond to nature. But the biggest problem that we have is this issue of circadian mismatch. So you're looking at your phone when you're first waking up, your body gets really confused. Circadian mismatch creates inflammation. So there you've created inflammation before you've even gotten out of bed, before you've even eaten anything, before you've done, it's, it's creating inflammation. So very important when you wake up to go outside and get, if you can only do a minute or so of sunrise, Get a natural signal from outdoors in your eyes, sunrise. Doesn't matter if it's cloudy, doesn't matter if it's rainy, doesn't matter if there are buildings or trees in the way, it does not matter. You just go outside and the way to know it is sunrise, there is an app called the D-Minder app and you in the D-Minder app, I'm gonna talk about it a lot in this little chat. The D-Minder app will tell you what time sunrise is. Most of your, your weather apps will also tell you what time sunrise is. But on the D-Minder app, it's when the sun is between zero and 10 degrees. So you really wanna go out there and, and allow your eyes to get the signal and your skin, expose as much skin as you possibly can at sunrise because that's when we have the most abundance of red light, which is a really, really healing, healing frequency of sunlight. Windows are going to block out a lot of this natural signal from the sun. Um, you you probably do want, Josh says you don't, you need to be looking towards the sun. You do wanna look in the general direction. So I, you know, a lot of us in the circadian community, we say, wake up, go outside, face east. So sun rises in the east and sets in the west. So as long as you're facing east, it doesn't matter, again, if there's trees, buildings, clouds, um, rain. Yes, and this will be saved to my profile. If you guys wanna rewatch this. But it, it doesn't matter, all those things. You just wanna be out there when the sun is between zero and 10 degrees. And that's you're gonna find that using your D-Minder app. This is gonna help you overcome that sensitivity to the sun, because a lot of people, I was one of them, are very addicted to their sunglasses. And remember, the, the light coming in through your eyes is what is telling your body to make these specific hormones to create a protective mechanism against stronger UV rays, right? So our body works in this sequential order. So starting this process now is gonna help prep your skin and it's also gonna help prep your eyes because a lot of us, I was one of these people, I couldn't go outside even on an overcast day without my sunglasses on. I was super, super, super addicted to sunglasses. And this is also another sign of blue light toxicity of like always being on your, your phone, looking at a screen, being indoors under fluorescent lights. I mean, just our, our modern lifestyle of how we've normalized these things, right? So step one to prep your, your skin and all these things for the stronger light is always morning light. So sunrise, sun is between zero and 10 degrees. The next little window of sunlight that you wanna get is when the sun is between 10 and 30 degrees in the morning. That's called UVA light. 
Now UVA light, again, this is a really important signal for a lot of hormonal processes to start. Sex hormones, thyroid hormones, um, serotonin, which later gets recycled into, into melatonin that night, dopamine, so great neurotransmitter support. If you're someone that has time to take a walk in the morning, I would save it for this UVA window, but when the sun is between 10 and 30 degrees because of this really powerful hormonal signal. So again, you're waking up, getting a little sunrise, getting a little UVA. If you can only get a couple minutes of each, fine. I know every, a lot of people have busy lives. They have kids, they have jobs. If you're in your car at those times, crack your window, open your sunroof, just just do some, I'm sitting here in my office right now because um, my porch where I usually live stream is totally covered in pollen. So I'm in my porch, uh, my uh, office downstairs, but my window is open. Uh, my phone screen is red and you can turn your phone screen red by just going on YouTube and type in phone screen red because I don't know if you have an iPhone or an Android, but they have short little videos you can watch on YouTube and that's also going to help so you don't get an improper hormone production from looking at your phone. You can use Iris software on your computer. All of this, if you're like, oh my gosh, she's saying so many things. <laughs> this is all great and wonderful, but I don't even know where to begin and how to organize this. I did mention in the beginning, I have a webinar called Harnessing the Power of the Sun. It's linked in my bio. It's super affordable. You can use the code podcast to get 10% off on that. So if you're like, this is great. How can I like save this information or have it in a written down format, in a video format? Check out that webinar. It's linked in my bio. I'll leave it up there and you can use the code podcast to save 10% on that. But <laughs> to go back to things, right? Blue light from the sun is a big, huge signal for hormone production, which does several things. Again, sex hormones, thyroid hormones, neurotransmitter production, but also skin protection. So our bodies are just innate, and, and so we're, we're meant to be so connected to the earth, to the sun, and you know we're not anymore. We're under fake lights, we're looking at screens, looking at phones all the time. And when we do this, it actually does influence our body's ability to be able to tolerate the sun, number one, and then two, to synthesize uh, vitamin D, which everyone talks about, all these health benefits of vitamin D, um, which is a, is a loaded topic. I do talk about that at my webinar and I did a great uh, podcast with Jim Stevenson Jr. where we talked more about that topic as well. You really wanna allow, allow your body to make this as much as you can. So sequential order of sun, seeing that sunrise, seeing UVA, and then what comes next in these you know, spring and summer months is UVB. Now, the D-Minder app is gonna tell you all of these things, and the D-Minder app is also gonna allow you to put in your Fitzpatrick skin type, and it will kind of, my webinar, I also have a little website to show you how to figure out what your Fitzpatrick skin type is. I'm, I'm like a one right now. <laughs> I still have tan lines um, from last October from laying out in the sun. But my, I, I am going to have to kind of build up my solar callus. So using the Deminder app, you can put in your Fitzpatrick skin type. And then again, using that Deminder app, when it is UVB time, you've seen sun in sequential order. You try to block artificial light by wearing something like blue blockers, turning your phone screen red, cracking a window, using iris software on your computer, just doing what you can, or just taking light breaks, taking 
five minutes as, as often as you can to just go outside and let your eyes and skin see the natural light so your body knows, you know, it's 12 p.m. and it's, you know, almost April. This is how our bodies are constantly downloading and getting information to run vital processes in our body. Every single cell in your body has a clock uh, clock in front of it, essentially. Um, all these organ systems, all these hormonal systems, they all have a little clock in front of them. So they're all supposed to happen at different times, right? All these things are supposed to happen at different times. And the signal for that is blue light, believe it or not, from the sun. So. You get out to UVB, it's time to get some sun exposure. Use the Deminder app and you can tell it how much skin you have exposed. You could tell it shorts and a tank top. You could tell, you know, say you're wearing like a bathing suit, type that in and that app is gonna tell you based on your Fitzpatrick skin type, how long to actually allow your skin to be exposed to sun. In the very beginning of the, the year, the spring, right where we are right now, the UV index is not as high for most places, right? If you're if you're down there in Florida, your UV index is already getting up there. Um, or if you're in Costa Rica or somewhere southern latitude, your UV index is already pretty high. But most of us in the northern hemisphere, our UV index right now is five, six, seven, eight. I've got, we got a couple, I think we got a nine one day last week. So to actually really effectively get vitamin D production, it's helpful if the UV index is over a five, right? So that's really where you can start to safely build up that solar callus and start to make a little bit of natural vitamin D. So the D-Minder app will tell you 15 minutes on one side or five minutes or however, whatever Fitzpatrick skin type you put in, and then it'll tell you it's time to turn over, you turn over, and then it'll tell you it's time to get out of the sun. And that's what's important. Again, a lot of people, I think they, maybe they're just trying to talk for shock value, but they don't really explain the fact that you can burn your skin, you can damage your skin, you can create an issue if you overexpose. So. I always tell people to use that app. It's gonna help you to gauge your time outside and then you're gonna be able to build up your tolerance. Right now we're in spring, so the UV index is lower. As we get into summer, the UV index and the angle of the sun in the sky is gonna get higher and higher, right? In wintertime, a lot of places didn't even have UVB in the Northern uh, Hemisphere. Here in Atlanta, we had UVB, but it wasn't really strong enough for me. I would have to like lay outside <laughs> all day long to get any kind of vitamin D, right? So a lot of people don't know you can't really get vitamin D from sunlight in the winter time if you live in a northern latitude. So a lot of us have this, you know, not as strong, the, the app is called the D-Minder, D-M-I-N-D-E-R, D-Minder app. And again, all this stuff is in a little bit more of an organized fashion in my Harnessing the Power of the Sun webinar, which is linked in my bio and you can, uh, grab that, download it, super affordable, very accessible webinar if you're like, I just want to have this little, little more organized place. So you, you're building up your tolerance now here in the spring. You're exposing your eyes and your skin to sun in sequential order, so sunrise and then UVA and then UVB. And then the other part of this that's important is blocking artificial light at night. If you look at a lot of the scientific research about artificial light and cancer, Alzheimer's, um, I mean, they're hormone cancers, and, and we don't really 
talk about the dangers of this enough. So if you're going to look at your sun exposure and look at prepping your eyes and skin and all these things safely, you have to take into account your artificial light at night exposure. So this is equally as important, I think, as getting out there for morning light to set your circadian rhythm because the stronger your circadian rhythm is, the healthier your mitochondria are gonna be, the easier it's gonna be for your body to get vitamin D and to tolerate strong sunlight. So all of these things really work together. So at night, wearing blue blockers, I have a couple brands in my bio. I love the Viva Rays. You wanna wear those after the sun goes down. And if you're gonna watch TV especially, keep the blue blockers on. You can also get a screen to go over your TV if you have kids or stubborn spouses that refuse to wear blue blockers like in my house. Uh, my friend Phil over at Shop Waken, um, Shop W-A-K-N, he makes screens for your TVs. So this is a cool thing. Now, I, I don't love people watching a ton of TV at night. It's not really great for your brain, but I mean, I'm a realistic person. I understand we have kids, we have families, and sometimes you wanna zone out a little bit. I get it, I totally get it. I'm not somebody who's like, no TV ever. Um, I'd rather you <laughs> get a little amber clip on uh, reading light and read a book in the evening. It's much better for your mind and for your body. But if you are gonna watch the TV or have screens on, then I would definitely recommend wearing blue blockers. The brands I like are linked in my bio, um, or they're in that Harnessing the Power of the Sun webinar that's linked in my bio, um, or getting a screen to go over your TV. Computer use, again, one of those things I don't really love people doing after dark, use Iris software, I-R-I-S. It's gonna help you. I, I put mine in biohacker mode just all the time. Um, and then phone screen, another thing. I, I mentioned that in the beginning of this live stream. You can go onto YouTube and type in turn phone screen red, because I don't know if you have an iPhone or Android, but you're gonna be able to find a video pretty much on YouTube of how to do that for your phone. And that's a really helpful thing, because again, remember, blue light sends the signal to your body to synthesize specific hormones. One of those in particular is cortisol. So if you're making cortisol after dark, then your body's not gonna be able to make melatonin. Cortisol actually opposes melatonin. So anytime that you are you know, trying to fall asleep and you are you know, pumping a bunch of cortisol, you're trying to go into these repair modes, you're not gonna be able to, to make melatonin. And melatonin is also a crucial part of sunlight. Now, another cool thing about sunlight exposure versus going to a tanning bed or you know artificial sources of, of UV. Um, the sun is composed of about 42% infrared light. And infrared actually, when is, you expose your, your uh, skin to infrared, it makes your body make subcellular melatonin, which is, is a really, really cool thing that can actually help protect you against the stronger UV rays as well. So all of the studies that have been done I have yet to find one, right, that's, that talk about UV light and cancer have been done on narrow band UV lamps. So that's a really important thing to understand. Now again, you can still get sun damage uh, if you overdo it. You can still damage your skin if you overdo it. 
but a lot of the scientific data that's out there that's going to make you really terrified of UVB and UVA, the two you know stronger uh, frequencies that are going during the day, those have been done on the narrowband lights. So when you're getting full spectrum sunlight, 42% of that is infrared, which is helps your body make subcellular melatonin. So it's kind of cleaning up damage as you go. So it's kind of like a built-in natural sunscreen, right? It's, it's super cool. So thinking about making that subcellular melatonin during the day is like when my friend Carrie Bennett always says, it's like you're a mom and your kids just leave junk all over the house. And the subcellular melatonin is kind of like going around the house, picking up little things as you go through the day, like cleaning up little messes instead of waiting until that night, like when we, when we sleep um, for us to make this big dose of melatonin to clean things up. Cause that's what melatonin allows these repair processes to run in your body. So when you're exposing your, your skin to full spectrum sunlight, you're getting that subcellular melatonin. So there's like these little messes in, in, in uh, ROS that are created the, it's actually being cleaned up as you go. Um, what about those of us who wear glasses with clear lenses? Can we wear them outside or is it important to take them off and walk around blind? So care, be careful. I always say this, be careful. And I'll talk about sunglasses here in a moment as well. And, and I think I've talked about, I'll talk a little bit about sun, sunglasses and sunscreen and just glasses in general. So if you're gonna wear glasses, uh, one of my favorite, favorite people in the game here is Dr. Jacob Montgomery. We did an awesome podcast together about a year and a half ago, or it's a year ago now. Um, he is a quantum ophthalmologist, eye surgeon. He says if you wear glasses to kind of push them down to the, the bridge of your nose so that you, you can kind of view over them, but you have to be you have to be safe. I don't want anyone like hurting themselves. I do have friends that are just blind without their glasses. And so it's important to, if you're, if you're someone that wears glasses and you really heavily rely on them, find a place where you can sit down and then take them off for a couple minutes here and there, just so you're getting that natural signal of sunlight. Contacts, um, there's a brand called Dailies that I know my friend Taylor DeGroote, D-E-G-R-O-O-T, she and I also did a podcast, um, she's an eye doctor as well, she recommended that brand because they block out a little bit less of some of those beneficial rays, right? So this is why sunglasses are not a great idea because the signal going in through your eyes is informing your body. It's called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, telling your brain, make these specific hormones at specific times, protect us from sun, you know, and, and when you're wearing sunglasses, it's creating a circadian mismatch. Anytime there's a circadian mismatch, there's gonna be inflammation in your body. So your skin is actually more likely to burn when you wear sunglasses, believe it or not, because they're, you're not getting that proper signal for your body to make those protective hormones in strong sunlight because you're, you're covering your eyes. That's like covering, it's like putting a, a tarp over a plant and wondering why it's not growing. It's really, really the same sort of thing. Um, it's also, it can also tell your body to make, to pause cortisol and start making um, pineal melatonin during the day. So I just talked about subcellular melatonin. That's different than the pineal melatonin. Pineal melatonin we make at night. Subcellular we make in response to the near infrared light from sunlight during the day. Um, so you don't want to be pumping, you don't want to be, you don't want to mess with that hormonal system as much as you possibly can. 
There are instances like if you're on a boat, right? Or if you're on snow, if you're on strong water or snow where it is gonna just really, really hurt your eyes um, if you don't protect them in some way. So if you're gonna wear sunglasses, I just recommend you take little breaks from them in those instances. And then uh, my friend Taylor DeGroote also recommended like these gray, kind of gray lens uh, sunglasses. So more of the, the, the important light frequencies can get through. She's known as Optimizing Eye Health here on Instagram. If you want to follow an eye doctor, if you have questions about glasses or contacts or any of these things, she's a really great resource and we did a podcast together. So that's the sunglasses thing. And I know a lot of people have really sensitive eyes. I mean, look at my eyes. They're pretty much gray. Like <laughs> there's, they're, they're very, very light eyes. Um, so I was, again, one of these people that even on an overcast day, I had to wear my sunglasses because my eyes would start watering and I just, it hurt my head. I was super sensitive. I had to build up tolerance. The way you build up tolerance is lots of time out in morning sunlight, lots of time out in the UVA light, just really allowing your eyes to acclimate in those times and also sunset too that's another uh, time of day where there's a lot of red light and viewing sunset if you have to prioritize always if you have to choose one or the other always choose sunrise and morning light um, but if you can view a little bit of sunset there's actually some scientific literature that shows it is protective if you do get exposed to uh, blue light at night, right? If you walk through the living room, your spouse or kids are got the TV on, you're like, ah, um, seeing the sunset can actually be a little, little protective of that. Let's see, is 30 to 60 minutes too long to watch sunrise and UVA? Could that damage skin? Um, you know, if you're worried about sunrise, you're not really going to run the risk of damaging your skin there, right? UVA, that's a little bit more debatable. I always tell people you can wear a hat, right? Wear a visor. It's UVB where you're really, really going to run the risk of um, having issues with uh, with sun, you know, be overexposing your skin. UVA is not really so much. Um, I always say the longer that you can spend outdoors in the morning is kind of like putting money in the bank for your circadian health which like I said earlier, every single organ system, every single cell in your body has a little clock in front of it and it is depending on blue light, ideally from the sun, to inform the body of what time of day it is. Yeah, I know squinting is, 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 it is a th I did that too. So again, spending as much time in morning light as you can to kind of build up your tolerance. And then in the daytime, like when I'm out walking in the middle of summer here, um, I would, totally wears a visor on my head or a hat. Um, so if you feel that you need to protect your, your skin from strong sunlight for any reason, I always recommend getting a little bit of natural sun exposure. And then if you are cover up, right? Uh, put some clothing on or go in the shade um, because even in the shade, you're getting that um, infrared light. You can get that even in the shade, which is awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, but use like a zinc oxide. Just don't use one of the natural, you know, one of the usual sunscreens because a lot of those have oxybenzones in them. They have a lot of cancer causing chemicals. And so again, I'm not somebody who's like, don't ever, ever wear any sunscreen. Ideally, you, you get out of the sun or you cover up when you've reached your maximum limit, but um, if that's just not possible for you, you're going to try to use like a zinc oxide um, that's more natural, that doesn't have those cancer-causing chemicals in them. 
Um, is there a brand of computer monitor? No, I just use Iris software, I-R-I-S. That's a really, really great software to um, dim out the amount of blue light that's kind of getting blasted at you. So let's see, we talked about seeing sun in sequential order, the D-Minder app, super, super important. Um, sunglasses, glasses, contacts, and sunscreen. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Do you guys have any questions? I'll kind of hang for a second and I'm racking my brain to make sure there's nothing I, I really forgot about this. Um, but if you guys have any questions, throw them in the chat. Otherwise, I do. I'm going to get back to work. I'm trying to work on um, an FAQ guide because I get a lot of the same questions, which is what prompted me to do this live stream because I'm working through this guide and I get these like kind of same questions over and over again about sunlight, sun exposure, um, how to really have your, your healthiest uh, circadian life and really give yourself, um, you know, the best signals. Do I use the EMR tech every morning? So the EMR tech is uh, the red light device that I use. It's linked in my bio and I don't use it every day. Um, it's kind of like exercise, right? You kind of want to um, do it like not every day, do it every other day and don't do it for super long amounts of time. There is a great ebook that my friend, Dr. Mike Belkowski has put out and it's it's like an extensive red light therapy ebook and you can look at different condition, conditions that maybe you're trying to treat um, and see how long you expose different body parts, how many days per week you do that. So there's kind of, there's, there's a lot of science. There's like someone the other day I was looking in their stories, a friend of mine, and I'm, I'm not gonna call her out, but I, <laughs> It kind of, I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. So she said red light therapy is overhyped. And I was like, actually, no. Um, there are over 6,000 studies that show the benefits of red light therapy. It is a amazing healing modality. There are hospitals that are now using it in recovery rooms. There are doctors that are using it with patients. Um, it, it's, it's just an amazing healing modality. It can be used for everything from depression and anxiety to hormonal imbalances, to healing wounds, repairs, um, broken bones, all the, I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing modality, but you don't wanna use it every single day. And again, the EMR Tech is the brand that I love. That one is linked in my bio and it's, it's yeah, it's my favorite. Um, let's see, what brand of contacts? Dailies is the brand that I mentioned. And I talk about that, so go back and rewatch so that I address that. Um, would I recommend getting a red light panel? I, I love my red light panel. Um, obviously, none of this chat is medical advice for anyone, but on those really cloudy overcast days, which we have a lot of them here in uh, Atlanta where I live, that red light device is great. I still go outside and expose my eyes and skin to the natural signal, and then I'll come in and do some red light therapy because I tend to get a little more depressed in the winter months and the overcast days. And so that red light therapy has been shown time and time again in scientific studies to improve symptoms of anxiety and depression. So it's really, really helpful. And again, it's used in a multitude of modalities to heal the body and it's there's a lot of science behind it. Um, apart from the Iris app, I, I mean, we're blue blockers. If you're looking, if you're at, on your computer, um, if you're on your devices, blue blockers are your best bet. Yellow during the day, uh, orange after, um, 
sunset red right before bed if you're up before sunrise wear orange ones i also have a free guide to using blue blockers linked in my bio the ophthalmologist so dr jacob montgomery is not really on instagram he's not really on social media he's got four kids he's a practicing surgeon so he's not really on social media and he doesn't do a ton of interviews but he's we did an interview on my youtube channel which is linked in my bio we dive into this and um, it's Dr. Jacob Montgomery. The other person I mentioned was uh, Taylor DeGroote, and I think it's at Optimizing Eye Health here on Instagram, and she has some really great resources as well. Oh, how can I be mentored by you? Oh, thank you. So I would take my courses and join my private membership group because I've got a, uh, a baby that's about to be six months old. So my one-on-one uh, -on -one time is so super limited because I really am trying to spend, I, I try to have a little bit of time for work every day and then I'm really just trying to spend a lot of time with my son because um, he's such a little baby right now. Um, why some blue blockers are clear. I don't recommend clear blue blockers. I have never seen clear blue blockers that when you test them with a spectrometer, which is a meter that can, can see like what light frequencies are being blocked out. So when you put a spectrometer up to a window, you can see you know how much red's getting in, how much blue, how, you know all these different spectrums of sunlight. So uh, clear blue blockers are not gonna block out the uh, uh, enough blue light for it to be effective, it's just gonna actually really create circadian mismatch. And the other thing about wearing, aw, she says her baby is almost six months too. It's a, it's a cute age. Uh, but the other thing about wearing blue blockers during the day that I think is important is you do need to take light breaks. Somebody commented here on my Instagram the other day and she said, uh, I've been wearing blue blockers basically from sun up to sundown, um, and I feel like I, I've kind of messed myself up doing this. And yeah, because you are blocking out blue light, and we need blue light during the day to tell our body to make specific hormones, to run specific processes. So yeah, even if if you're on your phone, if you're on your computer, blue blockers, but take breaks. Take breaks. So you go outside you see the spectrum of what's going on. Even if it's cloudy, even if it's rainy, those beneficial rays that communicate with your eyes and your brain are still gonna get through to your body. So that's super important to, to know that and, and you, just, you just take as many light breaks if, as you can. Anytime I'm in my car, I'm cracking my window, my sunroof is open because I'm always trying to let my body know what time of day it is, what time of year it is, all these things, yeah, and Jody is correct. It, it's gonna make you really tired if you wear blue light blocking glasses all day because blue light, it wakes us up. Most modern offices used to have incandescent bulbs and then they noticed that with incandescent bulbs indoors that people were like falling asleep, you know, they were tired and so they switched a lot of the lights to fluorescent and LEDs. And so then, you know, everyone's like super wired and awake, but the light is the exact same brightness at 8 a.m. as it is at 4 p.m. in that sort of environment. So that's not, that's not healthy. When you look at the sun and you look at the Deminder app, the sun goes up, it starts at zero degrees, zero to 10 is sunrise, 10 to 30 is UVA, morning light. And then when we get UVB, it goes over 30 degrees and then it goes down again for sunset. So light is supposed to shift and change throughout the day. 
And our cortisol melatonin patterns are really supposed to match up with that, which is it really controls all those downstream hormones as well. So a lot of people that suffer from hormonal imbalance, energy issues, sleep issues, they're not changing these really foundational things and they're still feeling like crap. So these things are simple. They're like low hanging fruit, but I think a lot of people just kind of write them off. I did for a really long time, just write them off as woo woo. Um, but when you begin to actually implement this stuff and you feel how powerful it is for your energy, for your mood, for your sleep, you kind of can't go back. You know, I've got a, a group, a private membership group where I go live every Friday. Awesome, awesome group of people. Um, there's a link to that in my bio, but a lot of us in that group are just super addicted to this circadian lifestyle and it's 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 really we just love it you know it's like i wouldn't go back if you paid me to the old way um the best temperature for after sunset light bulbs in your house i really love 1600 kelvin if you can get those um and i do have a resource guide linked in my bio where i have some light bulb recommendations i also if you want to get a, a, a more organized um, uh, you know, video version of this with some downloadable PDFs. I have a webinar called Harnessing the Power of the Sun. It's linked in my bio and you can use the code podcast to get 10% off of that. Um, but I really go into this. Thank you, Jody. Jody says best group ever. Thank you, Jody. Jody's, been, Jody's one of my OGs. She's been in there for like three years. Um, but I have recommendations on light bulbs, the software that you can use on your computer, how to turn your phone screen red, um, blue blockers, all that stuff. Um, after you get used to the rising of sunrise, it calls you, it becomes addictive. It's so true. That's what Adrian, yeah, Adrian says, it does become addictive and it does call you. And I tell people, you know, when you start to reset your circadian rhythms, it is something where you, your body just kind of wakes up naturally. Oh, thank you, Christine. She says the Facebook group is great. So many like-minded friends. Yeah, and everyone in there is so super supportive as well. Um, but yeah, your body just really gets used to these signals. And another cool thing that happens is that women that are still cycling, they will oftentimes have a regulation of their cycle um, where it is, you know, Maybe it wasn't 28 days, but it starts to go with the moon cycles. And so a lot of people will start to cycle on the new moon and, and have ovulation during full moon. Um, and they're like, how did that happen? And I'm like, because you're outside every day, you're syncing up to the sun signals. The, these, the sun is in a different place, a little bit different place every single day of the year. It moves just a tiny little bit, right? And when you're out there and you're letting your eyes and skin get that signal, you are doing an amazing thing for your hormones. Um, so my membership groups, they said, what are your favorite features about the membership? So, I mean, it's just a forum where people can really just have more access to me in a community uh, forum. So you can ask questions. I go live every Friday, every Thursday, I put up a post and say, what topics would you like to discuss Friday? discuss all those topics on Friday. So it's just, it's a great, it's a great forum. And you know, some of the members have been in there so long that if someone asks a question uh, that they already know the answer, they already know what I'm gonna say. Do I recommend fruit and honey in carnivore? Well, technically that wouldn't be carnivore according to some people. I recommend seasonal eating. Um, so fruit and honey is not going to be appropriate uh, for certain parts of the year. 
So I have a new course called Quantum Nutrition that can actually help you understand how to eat with the different phases of the sun, um, the different seasons, how your hormones are different in the summer, because they are different in the summer than they are in the winter. How to understand, is my body metabolically healthy enough to be eating these seasonal uh, carbohydrates, right? And how do I get my body to that place? Because the conversation around food shouldn't be uh, you know, this diet versus that diet. It should be, where do you live? And what is your level of leptin sensitivity, right? So leptin is this master circadian signaling hormone that helps us uh, regulate our thyroid, our sex hormones, body temperature, all these things. And a lot of people are leptin resistant, which is causing weight loss resistance and hormonal imbalances. So when you think about how you should be eating, you know, and is this carnivore or is this keto or should I do paleo or should, it's just a, it's, it's like, once you understand the circadian piece of how our bodies work on a seasonal basis, as well as a monthly basis, a lot of those conversations are just like, okay, like I, I, I don't, <laughs> they're, they're not as uh, they're not as relevant. You need to look at what you should be eating based on how leptin sensitive are you which again, my quantum nutrition course can kind of help you just like understand where you fall on that spectrum. And then what's in season where you are, what time of year is it? Um, meal timing for hormones, those sorts of things. Um, can you ground on concrete? Uh, most concrete, yes. There is a, a little meter that you can buy from this really cool company called Intuition Physician. I have no affiliation with them. But Intuition Physician has this little meter you can buy where you can actually test out the con the conductivity of where you're standing. So, you know, most concrete is conductive and you can ground on it. Um, supposedly the best time to ground, real, I mean, is any time that you can. But sunrise and sunset, there's a little bit less radiation and interference, so you can get a little bit more of that magnetism at those times. Uh, let's see. How do you measure leptin? It's a blood serum leptin test, but you can also um, kind of just go by symptoms, right? So if you're hungry after meals, if you uh, have weight loss resistance, like you just try every diet that there is and nothing works, you try more fasting, more restriction, and you're just, nothing is changing, there's a big chance you're leptin resistant. Um, so I, I do have a full course about leptin resistance called the 21 day leptin reset that goes into more depth, but you can also go to your doctor, get a blood serum, 12 hour fasted leptin test. Most of them are not going to know what it is because leptin was a hormone that was discovered in 1994. If you want to know more about leptin, again, I've got two courses, the leptin reset and the quantum nutrition course that are going to help you fix your leptin. But Dr. Jack Cruz is really the master doctor that speaks about leptin, how it is really this master circadian signaling hormone that controls your sex hormones, controls your thyroid, all those things. So fixing thyroid, someone wants to know, how do you fix low thyroid? I start with leptin. Always start with leptin because if you have leptin resistance, think about this signal that's going to your thyroid, it doesn't know how much stored energy that your body has on it. So it's gonna tell your thyroid, you know, go into hyperdrive or, or downregulate, downregulate, conserve, conserve, conserve. Leptin is sending that signal to the thyroid to either 
go into overdrive or to conserve energy because leptin is communicating with your brain about how much stored energy is actually on your body. So it's super foundational. Um, this is why I'm like, I don't love people just like patchworking supplements or patchworking in hormones. You can do that, but I recommend that you do these circadian things for a good 60 to 90 days and then test, right? Because you probably are gonna need a lot less of maybe the hormone or maybe the supplement because your body is gonna do so much repair work when you start to uh, uh, fix, your, fix your life, basically, from the lens of leptin resistance and the lens of mitochondrial health. Yeah, I mean, I did carnivore for two years solid. I love it. It's great for a lot of medical conditions, absolutely. But it's not for, for me and for a lot of the, the clients I've worked with, it hasn't been optimal for thyroid and hormone health long term. Now, I know there's a lot of doctors and people out there who would disagree with me on that. I'm just telling you clinically what I saw. And then for myself, as someone who was trying to get pregnant in my 40s and optimize my hormone health in my 40s, uh, carnivore was not the diet to do that for me and it hasn't been for a lot of my clients. So I'm not here to argue with anybody, but I think that when you look at how your hormones are different in the winter than they are in the summer, carnivore would make a little bit more sense in the winter time. And if you did want to do carbs, you would do uh, carbs that are like cellar stable carbs, you know, ferments, canned foods, your squashes, those things that stay safe down in a cellar. Um, and you would do a little, you could do a little carb cycling if you wanted to, but you know, ancestrally speaking, we didn't have a lot of that stuff. And so again, I'm not again, and my quantum nutrition course has a whole section on carnivore and how to do it um, to really be optimal in your hormones. Um, do you eat sourdough bread on that diet? I don't really love sourdough bread, but if you're, if you're metabolically healthy and leptin sensitive, I don't have a problem with the sourdough bread. Oh, thank you so much, Adrian. I appreciate that. Yeah, and wet and Jody says wet the concrete. So if you're gonna ground on concrete or grass or anything, um, wet it first. Oh, and I will save this live stream. Thank you, um, Carly Rose. I love your page. I watch. I've seen some of your reels. It's really good stuff. So thank you. But yeah, this will be saved on my page so you guys can watch it. Do I recommend iodine supplement for low thyroid? Again, any sort of supplement, right? I always tell people, optimize your circadian health, optimize your leptin first, unless you're just like chronically ill, can't get out of bed. If you're in that place where you're just super chronically ill, can't get out of bed, high grace, then you're going to possibly do some supplements. You're gonna work with a practitioner one-on-one. -on -one. You're not gonna to try to piecemeal a program off of you know Instagram or podcasts or YouTubes. It's, it's you wanna work with someone to get some specific help. But a lot of people are gonna benefit greatly from, again, working on their mitochondrial health through these sorts of practices and working on their leptin resistance. And then at the end of like 60 to 90 days, you may not need a ton of supplements. You may not need a bunch of medication. I've had people, and again, this is not medical advice. I've had so many people do my 21 day leptin reset program that have thyroid issues that were had Hashimoto's and saw their antibodies go from over a thousand down to under 100. And they didn't make huge, huge, huge dietary changes. They made some, we always wanna look at ancestral eating and local seasonal food is gonna be the most optimal thing. 
um, but they didn't go like super strict anything. They just started eating more seasonal local foods. They followed the plan with meal timing. They followed the instructions with the light environment, the light hygiene, all that stuff, and were able to get those thyroid antibodies down tremendously. So again, a lot of people think I'm anti-supplement, I'm anti that I'm, I'm not. I am all about let's optimize things first. Unless you're just someone who's like chronically ill, can't get out of bed, I don't think there's a need for anyone to just, you know, go straight to spending money, 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 money on supplements, right? That's, that's, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Um, it's expensive and it didn't work for me, and I have seen it not work for a lot of people. What about raw meat? I'm not, I mean, I'm not against raw meat at all. <laughs> I, I think it's delicious. Um, so I'm not against raw meat at all. Um, yeah. Anything else? It's almost been an hour and I am going to save this. I might even put it on my YouTube channel. If you guys want me to put it up on YouTube, let me know. You use the red light filter on your phone all the time. Yeah. So I have my phone screen turned on red all the time, unless I have to post something and I need to know what it looks like. <laughs> then I'll take it off for a little bit because you really having your phone screen on red can be confusing um, because sometimes when you're on the internet, you're buying something or you're making a post, like you can't see the red writing and you can't see the orange writing. You're like, what the heck is this? So I will take it off for instances like that um, just so I can see what color things actually are. But yeah, 99% of the time I keep my phone screen on red because like I said in the beginning, the sun, when it's coming up in the sky in the mornings at sunrise is 1600 Kelvin, right? Then you're looking at your phone, that's between 5700 and 6000 Kelvin. And again, that is telling your, your eyes, your brain to make the amount of hormones that it would be at noon in the middle of summer solstice. So again, Blue light informs our eyes, informs our brains, tells us to make hormones, all of these things. And so it's important that we really are, are cautious around these devices. And I don't use um, shampoo. I use either egg yolks or apple cider vinegar on my hair uh, currently. So Belkowski book, new content in red gets me. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know. Whenever it's, it's like whenever I'm doing something on my phone and there's like red print, I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. You know, um, because then I have to turn it off for a minute. But okay, everybody. Let's see, what about our skin? Is it an intelligent with light as well? Yes, it is. So there's a great book called Lights Out by T.S. Wiley. I think this book was really far ahead of its time. We have photoreceptors on our skin. So if someone is blind, think about it. You know, how, and blind people are notor notorious for having a lot of circadian disruption, but you have photoreceptors on your skin as well. So when you're outside, right, you're, you're also getting information on your skin. So at night, when there's a lot of artificial light, you know, we, we, we kind of want to do the opposite of what we're told. Um, during the uh, daytime, you want to have as much skin in the game, as we say, and skin exposed outside safely. Go back and watch the part where I talk about safe sun exposure earlier in the video. Um, and then when you're indoors, if you're under a lot of artificial light, you want to cover as much skin as possible because, again, we've got those photoreceptors and it can stop you from uh, making melatonin at night, which is really, really, really important. That's why if you look at the, the scientific research 
artificial light at night and, can and cancer, artificial light at night, mostly thyroid, breast, prostate, like these hormonal cancers are rampant when you rampant when you look at the correlation between artificial light at night and those cancers. So that's why it's so important, you know, if you if you can uh, cover your skin, your eyes are the primary, right? So the, the suprachiasmatic nucleus is, um, light comes in through the retina, talks to the suprachiasmatic nucleus, talks to the brain, then all these hormonal systems begin to, to operate. Um, so that's primary always is the retina, but then also skin is getting that secondary information. So yeah. I'm gonna save this on my profile. I might even put it up on YouTube if there is enough interest. If you want me to put it on YouTube, um, send me a message, let me know, and I'll see if I can find some extra time. But uh, yeah, thank you. And speaking of um, my, my five-month-old, almost six-month-old baby, I'm gonna run. <laughs> and yeah, I hope everyone has a beautiful day. And if you are just tuning in, you can go back and watch the beginning. And if you want this in a more organized format, again, my webinar, Harnessing the Power of the Sun, is in my bio, and you can use the code PODCAST to save 10% on that. And I will. this will be saved on my profile. All right, everyone, have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. Bye.